Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of the Step Over Podcast. Uh, it is our Christmas episode, as you can tell <clears throat> by, uh, if I remember to do it correctly, the sound of a crackling fire in the background. Um, I am Jim Adair. With me, as always, is Max, the waitress's Christmas wrapping of port. Oh, man. All right. Holiday themed. Yeah. It was not a great one, but it was holiday themed, so it counts. This is, this is worse than the, the Landry Shamit puns that I've... I've we're halfway through the year those. and I'm completely out. I'm like yeah. out of anything that's good. Yeah, I mean, you 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 painted yourself in the corner with shamit puns. I painted myself in the corner with making edited videos that I'm gonna be running out of. That'll be fun. Uh, really painted myself in the corner. Where I'm like, now they're gonna be all Christmas themed for the next ten, and then thankfully they lost some games. <laughs> I was totally fine with them losing. Uh, anyway, Max, how's it going? Going pretty well. How about you? How's uh? Good. How's how's Christmas season in the PNW? Uh, it's not very Christmassy here. It's like rainy mm. and forty-five. Uh, yeah, it's we, like rainy and sixty here today. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, yeah. We had to. We actually it was it was so stormy uh, yesterday that we had to cancel the pod. We were going to record last night, uh, but it was so That's windy true. here that power went out like all across Seattle. So uh, couldn't do it. My computer yep. is dead and. Uh, my laptop is dead, so we couldn't do it because I didn't have any power, and it sucked. Yeah. It's no fun. But it gave me time to repair other parts of this podcast uh, that we'll get to later, which Max totally misunderstood the meaning of, Yeah, I will make fun of him for it later. Uh, so, uh, just to start off, um, since it is the season of giving, we got each other quote-unquote gifts. Um, and since this was my idea, Max, if you don't mind, I will go first. Sure. Um, it's not wrapped or anything because it's just too large to wrap. And it is a gift for you, but it's also a gift for many other people uh, in your area. Max, I got you the Phoenix Suns, man. Yes. Yeah. Come home. Congratulations. Yes. And the Phoenix Suns are now the Seattle Supersonics again. Congratulations. Thank you. I actually I take full I, credit for getting them there. I actually think that I, I know people were making this joke, but I actually think Seattle Suns would be. I know that they're going to be the Sonics if and when they come back, but. The Seattle Suns, I think, would be too good to, to pass that up. To, yeah, like, stick with the theme of, of teams moving to the absolute place that makes the least sense for their team name. 
and keeping like it the in. Lakers and the Jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then but there is a weird thing too. Don't the Thunder technically own the Suns' history or the Sonics' history currently? So they don't. They they uh, see. I, I I don't know if until they get a team back, if it's similar to like the Browns Ravens situation or uh, the like Hornets the Charlotte thing. Hornets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding, just because the Thunder don't use any Sonics history, like if you go right. to their website or go to like whatever, they don't have like old stats or any. It's kind of like I feel bad for players who like Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. It's like they're kind of like lost in the in like the nether realm, right? They're just like yeah. they have no team to like you know like Dr. J shows up to Sixers games and Allen Iverson can go do that and his jersey's hanging in the Raptors. It's like. Gary Payton has nowhere to go. Like, there's not a team that that he is able to connect to in that way. And it's not like not the he Thunder. He can go to Lakers. He can go to Lakers. Games. Yeah, he can go to Lakers games. Uh, yeah. It's 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 weird though. Um, but it's it feels like that history is sort of just like out there and uh, lost, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense though in a little bit of a way because I was talking to somebody about that. I was talking to Jimmy D'Onofrio about this right before we started recording us actually, and uh, about like the weird team history kind of things, like you know. Like, God forbid the Sixers should ever move and Josh Harris should move them somewhere or sell them to somebody and they move them somewhere else. Like, you could very easily make the argument that the person, especially for a team that's been somewhere for as long as the Sixers have been here, uh, the person who has the least amount of ownership over that team is the actual person who literally owns it. Mm-hmm. Right? It belongs to the fans in the city and all that kind of stuff. So, like, say, God forbid, they move the Sixers somewhere. And it'd be, it'd be weird as hell to lose a team, and I'm sure people that you know in Seattle experience this and, like, see the players that you were rooting for be somewhere else now. But, like, five, ten years later, if another team just pops up here, like, they're the Sixers. Oh, now. yeah. Absolutely. And they better have that history back. Yeah. Yeah, and they, and they will. I, th- I think that's, like, a thing that the NBA has done pretty well is that they've, uh, like, they did it with the Hornets and the Pelicans, like, just allowing mm-hmm. teams to kind of own that when they if and when they come back in the future. Yeah, I remember, I remember looking it up where the... Hornets, I believe, had retired one number in history, um, and the re- the the banner was hanging in New Orleans. And when the Hornets came back, they literally like took it down and mailed it to them. I'm pretty sure. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. So I'll give you you my gift. Uh, it's mm. a a little more involved. So you often say on the podcast that uh, you're the one who's wrong the most often. Um, mm, you you point out times when you've said something that ended up not being correct or made a mistake um, or just had a bad take, a take that, that sours over time. Um, so my gift to you is that I'm going to uh, air all my dirty laundry and uh, try to even the score a little bit. So oh, wow. I have highlights of my worst takes in the history of the podcast. Oh, wow. um, this is amazing. Yeah. So um, my first is... Maybe my worst. Um, that Jalil Okafor, uh, because of his body, because of his skill set, and um, because of the similar weight issues earlier in their career, I compared him to Mark Gasol uh, and said that he could develop that kind of defensive game <laughs> because of his wingspan if he uh, if he trimmed down a little bit. <laughs> that was real bad. Yeah, that's not a great one. Um, I said that the Sixers were right to hold on to Nerlens and Okafor. Uh, as long as they did, uh, I thought that was the right process move. I thought their their value was low, and that the chances of the the value recouping was better if they held on to them. They ended up holding on to them and getting basically nothing. Um, yeah. I said Brian Colangelo was fine. 
I said that a lot. You did. I, I said you he was like okay, like he wasn't great, he wasn't bad. Uh, he was really bad. Like that—that yeah. that was a really bad take because he had like if you look at the moves he made and you just look at, um, you know, like the, the mostly the smaller stuff, just like not hitting on anything that you'd need to hit on to like move the needle. Sure. Uh, so I was really wrong about that. Um, to be fair, he was the man of action though. He was the man of action, and he was the basketball man, but. That's true. Not enough. Both of those things. Um, this was not on the podcast, but I, I, I felt bad about this for a long time. I thought Rudy Gobert would be out of the league uh, by the end of his rookie deal. So I was pretty wrong about what? that. When he was when he was entering the draft. Oh, okay. Uh, like I went, I was working for the Sixers at the time, and I went to the, the NBA draft combine, and he just looked like uh, someone who had been handed a basketball two days ago and was like, dribbling straight up like uh like in the office um you know it's like he was he just looked like he had no basketball skill it was like okay this is like another like Sarah Sene situation where you just mm. get this guy who's a total physical freak who doesn't know how to do anything and I was really wrong about sure. that because he's like a perennial all-star um I thought Brandon Ingram would be as good as Ben Simmons I thought that for a long time. I thought that basically until like a month before the draft. I thought they were equivalent prospects, and that was stupid. Um, yeah, I, so can I say I I said that in public a lot, but that was – and I admitted as much as I was saying it to people. And I remember I, I said it to you specifically. Mm-hmm. I think we were at Garage um, because I was in the position where I was pretty sure I had to be talking myself into Brandon Ingram, so I was just doing it. Yeah. I, I, think- I knew I was doing it, but I was doing it anyway. Yeah, I, I think it was like as soon as they won the lottery. It was like, okay, no, Ben Simmons mm-hmm. is better because yeah, exactly. you could accept that. Um, I, this is a recent one. I said Markel Fultz. <laughs> this is like the, the probably the coldest take I've had in a long time. Uh, it soured so quickly. I said that Markel Fultz has handled the last two years with a lot of maturity. That was like three weeks ago that I said that. And like immediately after he like held yeah. out and <laughs> like uh, got his lawyer involved and... It was it was real bad. Like immediately after I said that, um, yeah. I thought Amir Johnson was a valuable backup. Um, I thought it was right that they didn't pick up Furkan Korkmaz's option. Uh, <laughs> I thought TLC and Jeremy were just bad, and now they're actually decent players for the Thunder. And that's true. Yeah, and probably. The- well, I think to be fair, oh, to be ahead. fair about the TLC one. Um, I mean, Jeremy has improved over time, and I think it's good for him. I still don't think TLC is good. He's he would I think play a lot on of the people, Sixers though. Like he would he would play more than Korkmaz if he was here. Oh yeah, sure. Like we could use Jeremy and TLC right now. Sure. Yeah. Um, and this is as the last one. This is uh, probably the probably the take that I get maligned for the most um, by Celtics fans. Um, I said that Al Horford's just okay, and he's actually really good. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, I I, I posted a tweet uh, before the playoffs of the depth charts at center for the Bucks and Celtics at the time when it looked like they mm-hmm. were either going to play the Bucks or Celtics in the first round, uh, and a picture of Joel Embiid and just like uh, like licking my chops kind of emoji, and that gets retweeted like every week by at least twenty Celtics fans. Yeah, like, you got too many followers. Yeah. Man. Too many followers for these bad um, takes. Yeah. Well, now I feel a little bit bad because you just aired out all that, and I just have just, you know, don't have my worst takes on hand, but I just remembered one that I don't think 
I ever said on the podcast because I tweeted it, I think, like, two or three years ago. And this was more like, I don't think I was necessarily the most wrong at the time, but I'm very wrong now. Mm -hmm. I remember tweeting something like, who is the worst player in the NBA who regularly gets minutes and why is it Joe Ingles? Ooh, that's a real bad one. Yeah, I mean, he was not great when I tweeted that or said it. I can't remember if I tweeted it or said it, but he's quite a good player. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy Joe Ingles, actually. All right, so now... Uh, we're moving on to a portion that Max massively understood the purpose of. So when I emailed Max with ideas for this episode of the podcast, I said, how about we do like a Sixers secret Santa? I didn't feel the need to explain it any further because everyone knows what that is. So I said, we'll each get like half of the roster and then like we'll put Elton and Brett in there and we'll do a secret Santa and Max, what did you think was actually happening? So, um, I grew up, well, I'm, I'm Jewish. Uh, I grew up not really celebrating traditional Christmas. Uh, well, I'm half Jewish, so we would do like a mix of Hanukkah and Christmas. So, other than like the most you're basic really, can Christmas I just say, traditions. You're, what was that? You're setting it up. You're setting it up not to like. I feel like this is going like. <laughs> it's not that I misunderstood, it's that Jim's anti Semitic. Well, yeah, it's that you're not uh, you're not respecting my culture and uh, yeah, looking at this from a, <laughs> from a systemic lens. Yeah, so yeah. so uh, yeah, I I just thought that we were like splitting up the teams, like each of us were getting like you were gonna take all the players in the roster plus uh, Eldon and Brett, and then they were going to be split up as if we were being we we were being given presents by the Sixers. Uh, which doesn't really make much sense because when you do Secret Santa, it's not like you just split up eight gifts between the two of you. So that didn't really mm-hmm. make much sense, although that's what I thought it was. Uh, what it actually is is that we're supposed to be giving these players and then come up with gifts to give them. Uh, yeah. So I'm coming to the party empty-handed. I got nothing also, for my Secret Santa. <laughs> now I had to, like, that- in the five minutes before we started recording, I had to, like, feverishly try to figure out gifts, which is basically how I yeah. do gifts anyway every year. Fair. Also, the fact that before we started recording, when I asked you, like, why did you think that's what I was saying this was? That's terrible content. And you agreed that it's terrible content, but didn't feel the need to ask any questions about it. Like, why are we doing this super boring thing of just, like, naming players that we got as gifts? It makes no sense. I mean, I, anyway. I mean our content isn't that great anyway, so it wasn't, like, oh, it's that much super worse terrible. than our normal content. It's like, okay, let's, we can roll with this. This will fill up some time. That's completely fair. But um, so since you massively misunderstood mm-hmm. and uh, I came up with the idea, I will start anyway. So we will alternate. Um, so if you still have, you know, feel free to tune me out and just start thinking more. Um, so it, it just as a way to, to, to truly randomize how the, the team was split up, I basically put a list together, uh, lumped a couple of people together. You'll see that at, in my team at the end just because it's an odd number. You wanted to add Elton and Brett in here. Mm-hmm. Um, send it away to my our good friend, friend of the pod, friend in real life, Patrick Wall. He's split them into two squads, uh, one of which has Joel Embiid on it and one of which has Jimmy Butler on it. So I said to Max, which of those two would you like? And he picked the Jimmy Butler squad. Therefore, I like they couldn't you know, skew it to myself. Like, oh, I have a good idea for this. Let me make sure I do this. So it was, it was truly as random as I could have possibly gotten it without like just making it stupidly confusing for myself. Um, so since I did get... Team Joel Embiid. Uh, I might as well start with uh, Joel Embiid. 
Um, and the first uh, thing I will be giving to my Secret Santa people is uh, I want to give him better Under Armour gear. Yeah. His shoes suck. Give him a signature shoe, but, like, like work hard on it, guys. Come on. Uh, they just, like, sell t-shirts and just, like, say the process in, like, word art. And that's it. It's, like, it's like they were in, like, MS Paint or MS Word and the paperclip popped up in the corner. It's like, I see her is trying to design a t-shirt. This does not work out. This is not a good one. Uh, and, like, you figure, like, behind Steph, like, he's the biggest name they have. You think they would, like, be pouring more into this. Uh, and it just seems like they're certainly not. So I want to give him uh, better gear that is branded with his nickname and name and stuff that people can buy and show their fandom of him. I think, I think he deserves that. I think it's really bizarre, yeah, that it, one, that it's been this long uh, since they signed him. And, and really the only thing I think that you can get with any Joel Embiid branding is, like, a process shirt that they had on day one. Um, yeah. And, like, I guess this happened with James Harden, too, when he signed with, with Adidas. It took, like, eight months before he got his own signature shoe. And it's like, why would you... I guess maybe they're trying to, like, spread out the, the like, I don't know, the bump for the brand. But it's like, I don't really agree. I think if you've been like, all right, Joel Embiid signing with, with Under Armour, here's, our, here's his dope-ass, like, process one shoe... That mm-hmm. would kill, and you're Under Armour. Like, you kind of need to do that. Like, nobody gives a shit that he signed with Under Armour. Like, that's not exciting right. to anyone. Because um, so. you got to think, in the in the pitch to him, they must have mentioned a signature shoe. They probably had some mock-ups, and, like, yeah, if you have to go through, like, R&D for it, sure. But, like, at least have a damn T-shirt that's not super dumb-looking. Yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for the shoe. I, I feel like his shoes will be cool. I feel like they'll be they'll be kind of out there. Do, I hope they would do something interesting. Uh, like, the Currys are, are boring. Um, I'm hoping it's more like the Kyries, that they're just, like, different, you know? Like, just do something unique and, like, have cool colorways the way the Kyries do. Mm-hmm. Um, something, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think back to, like, other players who had a big personality, like Shaq and Chuck, and, like, those guys had the best shoes because they were just, mm-hmm. like, they would just do crazy stuff, like the Shaq Gnosis shoes or the the like role model chuck shoes yeah i will say that before Embiid, when he was kind of a sneaker free agent in like the preseason before he signed with on the armor there was a picture of an adidas shoe that he was wearing in like a practice or a preseason game that adidas had thrown together for him and it had like his face kind of as a logo and like the colors were like the color of the cameroonian flag and my first thought was like oh well that's a lock like he's signing back with adidas mm-hmm. and it didn't happen and those would have been sick as hell so yeah do better under armor be best. Should we go back and forth? Yeah. Are you ready? Do you have any? I have. Ready? Yeah. I, I I put some down. So I I got. I'm gonna do two together. Um. Because I it's okay. A then I'll do the same. Gift. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So I got Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons on my team. Um. Or on my mm-hmm. on my list for Secret Santa. Rather, I thought it was my team. Um. I'm gonna get them both the Cobra Kai headbands that Drew Holiday wears. That we've talked about the ones that kind of tie in the back yes. and hang down. Um. Those are way cooler mm-hmm. than the, like, kind of goofy, uh, like, uh, Jermaine O'Neal thick-ass headbands they wear normally. So I think yeah. that would be cool. And it would also, like, make more sense with, like, the Headband Brothers thing, kind of like a double dragon sort of thing. Yeah. it would. We would sell some T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, we talked about it before. Oh, that's a cool look. And, like, the headband itself, it seems like, I don't know, Ben's seems really, like, kind of thick in a weird way. Yeah. 
It's a cool look. It's like a double I like they're doing them. And also, I like that they were they were red ones the other night. And I was thinking actually to myself the other day about how I know it's like a league rule thing because like they re they relaxed the rules on the sneakers, but like you can't go out and wear like a bright yellow arm sleeve if you want to. Um, but it seemed crazy. To, it seems weird to me that like the Sixers when they wear blue don't wear any red accessories, and when they wear red, don't wear any blue accessories. Mm -hmm. So the colors work so well together. So when they wear blue, they only wear, like, white arm sleeves and, like, white, you know, whatever. And I feel like the red really works, so it was cool to see that. I was looking forward to that at some point, and it happened, so that's nice. Yeah, that's a good gift. Very thoughtful. Um, I'll do two in a row, because I just don't want to spend a lot of time talking about one of them. Or either of them, actually, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> so I'll take... Uh, my next one was uh, Markel Fultz. Uh, and I wrote down here for his gift, I wrote, <coughs> I wrote, I mean, come on. Like, what do you think? I want him to <coughs> have some kind of miracle cure for his uh, thoracic outlet syndrome and then be back to his old self, or at the very least, uh, some kind of peace of mind with it and, like, a, clar a clarity in his life that he does not seem to be having with people putting recording devices in his home <laughs> and with his agent attorney being all up in shit like there's a lot going on there that I think could use some like cleansing so I, I hope that for him and the next one I got that I'll just blow through as well is Amir Johnson because also just like this is boring uh, and my gift for Amir Johnson is another reliable backup big on the roster mm. so people don't pay as much attention to Amir Johnson that'd be nice yeah I think that'd be good that'd be good for everybody but that's especially a gift for Amir because I still don't like harp and hate on him as much as a lot of people do because I think Amir Johnson in 2018-19 right now is doing what you expect Amir Johnson in 2018-19 to do. But because he's like the only backup actual five on the roster, it's putting him in a position where... Also, we'd like he never really... He was like a power forward for years, yeah. uh, essentially. So, yeah, he's in a bad situation, so I would rather put somebody else like to take the minutes and the heat off of him. That's pretty much it. All right, so I got Mike Muscala and Zaire Smith next. Uh, mm -hmm. These are both like injury-related uh, gifts. Can I say? Can I yeah. say that when you picked Team Jimmy Butler, I was bummed because I'm like, I really want Zaire Smith. <laughs> so I don't know what I want to know what your gift would have been, but uh, for Mike Muscala, I'm gonna get him boxing lessons. Uh, he, <laughs> he he broke his nose really badly in practice, and uh, they didn't say that he got the shit punched out of him but it really feels like he got the shit punched out of him he also had like a bruise on, under his eye yeah it does uh it looks like a boxing injury i think he needs to learn how to to defend himself a little bit better um and for zaire smith i got him a year's supply of avocado oil uh it's a very underrated <laughs> oil uh if you ever use it uh i i really hope he's not allergic to it um i love using peanut and sesame oil those are out obviously avocado oil very underrated. Everyone talks about olive and canola, but avocado is really good. All right, that's good. I was gonna get um, Zaire because these pictures just came out of him looking. He finally made a public appearance. And he looks pretty, pretty skinny. And obviously, he was had some medical things and was probably on like a liquid diet for a while. I was gonna get him one of those things you said the infomercial for, where it was the guy with like the aggressive like fake New York accent, like yo, you got a door, you got a gym. And it's just like a gym thing that you hang on the back of your door. It's like a Bowflex type uh -huh. deal. I get him one of those. Um, before we move on, should we take a quick break here? Yeah, let's take a break. 
Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hey guys, this is John Stolnes from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hittin' Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk, looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. Make sure you are subscribed to The Good Fight podcast feed all right so we're back with uh more of our our secret santa gifts for for the people um i guess we'll keep taking two in a row it seems to be moving on pretty smoothly uh so my next two are both uh three-point shooters so i got uh landry shamet uh and the gift i'm giving for landry shamet is respect that's what i'm giving him uh i think just generally because he's a 26 pick uh, he doesn't start. He's not uh, much of a ball handler. Didn't have a ton of hype coming out of college. I'm not saying he's on the level of like a Trey Young or a, or a Luca or anything like that. But of any like rookie who's attempted more than 13 threes, he's leading the league in three point percentage. Um, so I just think I you know I'd like to see him get a little bit more notice around the league from people. Um, because I don't know we're kind of in a bubble here, but at this point like. I think he probably, if they if the season ended now, he'd probably deserve like maybe an honorable mention on All Rookie First Team or maybe second. Team. I feel like he might not even get it because of the the uh, he's just under the radar. Um, and I think that could change honestly if there's um, if he has like a really good showing in like the rookie sophomore game. Uh, but you know who knows? No one really pays attention to those things. Uh, and then the next one was JJ Redick. Now he kind of stumped me, so I first wrote down just give him his own thing. Because it seems like he's not allowed to be a headband bro and honestly does not want to be a headband bro. So I'm like, I don't know, give him his own thing. Like, maybe he can do, like, the finger tape that, like, Tony Roten used to do. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a, like, like, a, like a, a leg sleeve but only on one leg. Like, something like that. Uh, but that's a stupid gift. So I reached out to my friend Dan, uh, who is a big J.J. Reddick fan. And he actually thought of something really thoughtful on the spot, which is a brand new custom foam roller for his pregame workouts. It's actually a very nice and thoughtful gift. So that's what Dan would give the JJ. So I will just I like take that. Dan's gift to JJ and then write my name in the card. <laughs> like, oh, this is from me too. So there we go. That's what JJ gets. All right. Well, I got Furkan Korkmaz, and I'm gonna get him a nice turtleneck sweater. He looks very good yeah. in turtleneck sweaters. He wore one the other day uh, before a game. The Sixers posted a picture, and uh, I think that that style really suits him. So I'm gonna get him one of those. Um, mm-hmm. I also got Wilson Chandler, who I'm also going to get a turtleneck sweater because his baby tattoo on his neck is terrifying. And uh, I was either it was between that or a tattoo cover up appointment. Uh, but I feel like the turtleneck's a little more thoughtful and uh, less direct. Yeah, uh, I will say, Corkman is also great in a turtleneck. It is turtlenecks are in, 
But I, the reason he looks great in a turtleneck is he has a very tall head. Mm -hmm. If you have like a fat round head turtleneck, it looks like it doesn't look good at all. You look like a garbage pail kid. But if you got like a, a tall head, looks great on you. Uh, and a, and that's kind of mean about Wilson. That's his daughter's face, man. Come on. It's, it's just a scary location. It's like it just see. It's, it's like the, the baby's apple. like popping out of the jersey. Yeah, like, like uh, Quato from Total Recall. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> got my Total Recall reference in. Uh, okay, so the next ones I got, um, we, have, we each have three left, correct? Uh, I have two left, but I think that makes sense because it's a 15-man roster. So, oh, well, you have two left. Who do you have left? I have TJ and Elton. Oh. I guess it was uneven. I don't know. Whatever. We'll continue. I think you started two in a row, and then I... Uh, I oh yeah, you started with one, so, yeah. so that's probably why. Okay, so how about I just I'll just breeze through these three quick, and then you can do your final two. Okay. Okay. All right. So next I got was Jonah Jonah Bolden, and I'm getting that man an easy pass. Going back and forth to Delaware, up back to Philly. It's a lot of travel, a lot of highway miles. I'm gonna give him an easy pass. He's gonna need it. At that point, you know, he's doing the the Christian Wood thing. Cork uh, Maz did it last year. Where it's like. You know, he's active with the Sixers just for practice, and then he's back down to Delaware, going back and forth. That man needs an easy pass. And you know what? Maybe just a car checkup, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> the next one is, is the grouping that I mentioned before, uh, and it's uh, Demetrius Jackson, Shake Milton, and Justin Patton, who is currently not healthy, but let's pretend he is for this, for this gift. Uh, and I'm giving those three guys just some 40-point Sixers blowouts so they can get some floor time, you know? I think... People are latching on to Shake Milton a bit. Yeah. Uh, because I like Shake Milton. Um, I think he'll be a good player. I think he's probably, you know, he's probably going to be in the league for a bit. Uh, but let's not pretend that Shake Milton is, like, the thing this team needs. He's not. Mm -hmm. So I see people like, why aren't they playing Shake Milton? It's like, because he's not good enough. Uh, but I think getting some 40-point blowouts in there, get him some time on the floor, uh, that'll be good for all of them. And then uh, my final gift uh, for Brett Brown, uh, I was going to just say some, some, some beard oils, maybe. Um, perhaps, I don't know, something else. I didn't think of anything else. Uh, but what I'm going to get him is actually something that the guy you're giving a gift to could help him with. I'm getting him a solid bench wing because I think he desperately, yeah. desperately needs it. And I don't know who that player is right now. I don't know what what uh, a road would take you there, whether it be a trade uh, the mid-level exception, a buyout time thing, but that is a desperately needed gift, um, and I think Brett could do a lot with it, and I think it'd be nice for him to have. Let's hope that Elden Brand got uh, Drew Brett Brown for Secret Santa this year. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, so I got TJ McConnell with Elden Brand. Uh, for TJ, I'm going to give him uh, more realistic expectations. Um, I think. Oh, that's a good I one. Think, I think people have gotten a little overboard. Uh, and I think people are, are relatively, um, talked about this before, are relatively um, forgiving of TJ McConnell. But I think, I think there's this expectation that he is, like, their sixth man. And I just don't think he's good enough to be that. His role should be smaller. I like TJ McConnell, yes. but, like, he would be very ideal as someone in the role he was playing earlier this year. Where it's, like, maybe some games he doesn't play at all. If he does play, it's, like, 15 minutes. Um, he's playing way too big a role right now, and I just don't think it benefits him or the team. Um, Elton Brand, this is this is <clears throat> this is a stupid one. I'll get him a very normal collar. 
Uh, I wish I'd had more time to think about this, but uh, well, you had plenty of time. It's your own fault you didn't have time. Well, yes, I I wish I'd understood the what Secret Santa is earlier <laughs> and uh, been more thoughtful about my gifts. Although I feel pretty good about the other ones. I thought I think on the fly I came up with pretty good ones. Um, I'll get him a very normal collar. That's a good one, I think. I mean, he is... I will say this, too, and this is going, you know... Uh, the big thing... Collars aside, even, right? To take the collar part out. Uh, one of the things that people love to say about Brian Colangelo is how well-dressed he was. And Brian Colangelo is well-dressed the way that people who don't know how to dress think well-dressed is. Like, people who, like, don't have any kind of semblance of actually, like, how things work together and, like, how not to look like you're a Wall Street dickhead. Like, just having French cuffs does not mean you're well-dressed. Yeah. Just because you have, like, a good tailor because you're rich does not mean you're well-dressed. So, that always kind of bothered me uh, that people were like, oh, well, he's super well-dressed. He really was not. And, not to get personal attacky here, but he had a really bad haircut. Yeah, it was like the Caesar, was a Caesar thing going on. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I think part Dan, of him being well dressed and and suave, quote unquote, was like it was a pretty low bar set by Sam Hankey. You know, like yeah, the guy right. wore the same suit every day, like like he was a cartoon character. <laughs> I think Sam Hankey. Sam Hankey dressed like the guy who shows up at work in a suit, and your first thought is, oh, he owns a suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh. He's got one in this closet that he, I guess, wears sometimes. That's good. That's nice for him. So, yeah, that was a low bar set. Uh, but, yeah. I, and I think Elton, uh, on the b- bouncing off of that, I think Elton is actually, actually well-dressed. Yeah. Like, he actually can put something together. Tie knots are a bit large, for my taste, but actually well-dressed. I'll say that. Um, all right. I mean, that's... So, we're going to move on to questions now, uh, because... As a holiday gift to ourselves, I think it's fair to say, we're not going to sit here and, like, discuss, like, the intricacies of rotations and, like, because it's just stupid, Mm -hmm. firstly. Secondly, we do it every time. We're doing a pod, like, almost once a week. Things don't change a lot in that span where we end up saying the same things, not with the same things over and over again. Like, every other pod is like, hey, so, like, what, do you think Mike Muscala is really that good? It's like, who gives a shit? So, as a gift to ourselves, we're breezing through here, and we're not going to talk about um, what I called boring topics. Which, again, this is a boring podcast, so it fits, but not today, friend. Not today. So, let's hop right into questions. I want to start with one that is has absolutely nothing to do with bas- basketball at all. And a question that I massively misunderstood when it was asked of me. Came up with an answer, then saw a clarification on the question, and I'm sticking with my original answer. And it's going to make me sound like a crazy person. So you can... I'll, Should I try to answer it before answer. you do? So be, see, I haven't seen the questions, so maybe I'll misunderstand it in the so, same way. No, because I'll lay it out to you, and I'll give you what the clarification was. Then you can give your real answer. Okay. And then I'll give... I'll give all right, so the question was... Uh, it's from our friend Killacow. He said, the best holiday movie that isn't a holiday movie. Then he said, in parentheses, no movies explicitly about Christmas or that take place during Christmas. I will tell you what I thought it was after I give you his clarification. His clarification was essentially, what's a movie that you like? You watch this time of year, uh, like either with family or by yourself, that like isn't a Christmas movie, but like you always watch it this time of year. 
Oh, man. See, I don't have any of these Christmas traditions. I feel like I'm really missing out. Um, yeah. You go first, and I'll, let me think about this. So I'll tell you what I thought initially. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, how, like, you know, Die Hard's, like, quote-unquote, not a Christmas movie, but it takes place at Christmas. Like, the furthest end of that. Like, so my, my thought process was like, okay, so let me, like, find a really good movie that, like, maybe just, like, mentions Christmas a bunch, but, like, nothing mm-hmm. happens at Christmas in the movie. So I did some, like, online slew things, searched around for, like, just movie scripts that, like, say the word Christmas a lot, came across one, and then watched it, just double-check, and there is one scene that takes place that uh, has, like, a Christmas tree in the background, I, but it's a very I long movie. I think I movie, saw so you give tweet it a... this. Did you tweet about this? No. Someone else must I didn't have tweeted. say what my answer okay. was. Someone else must have. What did they tweet? Uh, what it movie was, did they tweet? It wasn't The Departed. It was something. It was some other. It was like a like the same way people make the joke about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. It was like this random movie as a Christmas movie, and the screenshot was like a wide shot of the neighborhood during Christmas or something. But it was like a stupid movie that clearly wasn't about Christmas. So, mine is not what you think of when you think of the holidays. Mm-hmm. It's David Fincher's Zodiac. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the first Zodiac killings takes place around Christmas time, so they say Christmas a lot. And then there's one scene where they're at a lawyer's house, and there's a Christmas tree in the background. And then they say Christmas like 11 times in that movie. So, Zodiac. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with... I'll, I'll go with the original interpretation, because I, I don't have... Uh, what, however you interpreted that. Um, I've watched Clue yeah, a good number no of times uh, around the holidays. I just really like that movie. Um Family likes that movie. Uh, Carly likes that movie. So I feel like I feel like I've watched that probably more than any other non-Christmas movie at the holidays for that reason. That's a good one, actually. That's also just a great movie in general. Yeah. Um, I will ask. Th- this is you already said how you don't have an answer for this. Maybe you do, um, kind of anyway. Uh, John Horn asked, "What's your favorite family Christmas tradition?" You can just say holiday tradition if you have a Hanukkah tradition as well, mm-hmm. or just anything like you always do with your family this time of year. I feel like I, I feel like I just hardly have anything. The the one that I really like that I've started now, because um, Carly's family has a lot more Christmas tradition than mine, uh, is her dad makes homemade egg, eggnog every year. So uh, mm-hmm. this is my first year actually joining in on that and and making my own batch. So that was actually really fun. Um, yeah, and like much more satisfying to me than like home brewing, which I tried one time and fucked up and had to wait like yeah. three weeks and the beer was bad and like hadn't <laughs> fermented. Uh, so this is this is a lot easier. You're basically just mixing together like heavy cream, sugar, and a bunch of alcohol and eggs. Yeah. I'll and also say that uh, not to go too deep on off pod stuff, but I have met Carly's dad a couple of times, uh, and this is very much a compliment. The fact that he makes homemade eggnog does not surprise yeah. me. He seems like that kind yeah. of guy. Very much in his wheelhouse for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't really have. Yeah, we never. I mean, as kids, it's it's more of. I remember as a kid, so I grew up in Port Richmond, and my at, when I was a kid, my whole family still lived there. Like my dad has, he's one of nine. He has eight siblings, and we were kids. Pretty much all of them lived within walking distance of my grandmother's house, which is the house that my dad and his siblings grew up in. So we would go over there on Christmas Day every year, uh, 
and then people started moving away and stuff like that. So now everyone comes to my house, my parents' house on Christmas Day, and that's always good. And that's a fun one. But I'll just piggyback on this. I'll, I will tell a little story, which I enjoy very much. When I was, I don't know, probably had to be six, maybe seven years old. Uh, I don't know what year. My brother will like probably call me if he listens to this and be like, it was this year because he has a brain that works that way. But my, all my brother and I wanted for Christmas, like out of every gift we got, all we wanted, I think it was... WWF Raw's War on the Sega Genesis. Maybe it was Warzone. Whatever it was called. That's all we wanted. And we didn't get it. We were so bummed. And, like, we loved all the other gifts. It was like that. But in the back of both of our heads, we're like, where's, where's the video game? Um, and we went to my grandmom's house later that day, and she gave it to us. She's like, oh, Santa uh, forgot to leave this at your house, and he dropped it off here or whatever. And I'm going to get clarification from my parents. Is I think one of two things happened there. I think my grandmom was like, what do your kids want? And I'll get it. And we'll, like, say this. Or my parents, like, either forgot to buy it or, like, for some reason left it at my grandmom's house. And she's like, all right, I'll give it to them when they come over. Like, just very loose. Very, keep being very loose with, the, like, the whole Santa goes to everyone's house thing. Uh, but, yeah. So that was a good one for me. I enjoyed that. Uh, do you have a question that you have, uh, Flag? Uh, I do, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> let, me, let me pull it up. So I have, um, in a Home Alone, this is from uh, Jingle Bell Rice, Kevin Rice. Uh in a Home Alone situation, which two Sixers are you confident would uh, you could stop from robbing your house? So who would be the, the robbers? Well, I think currently I could physically overpower Zaire Smith. <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> not true, by the way. Um, no, I think, okay, who could I like effectively stop? Because I also think this isn't so much about you being able to overpower them, so much as, I don't want to say like outsmart them, but who are going to fall for the traps. Like, who's going to be overzealous yeah. in trying to get into the house and step on a bunch of ornaments? Uh, straight up, not here anymore, but 100% Dario would be one of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. He, yeah, he is coming in that window and slamming his feet down on those ornaments real hard. That's what he's doing. Uh, but I won't kind of... I would say... I want I think I'll probably want to say Korkmaz as one of them. He seems... I mean, this is not... I don't want to, like... You know, I, I hate when people read into body language when it comes to sports things, but this is, like, a fun question, so I don't care. Um, he seems, like, maybe a little bit aloof mm -hmm. or, like, a teeny bit timid, and I think... So he would definitely be... Um, I think he'd be the Marv in this situation. Mm -hmm. Also, like, taller, thinner. He'd probably be the Marv. Um, and I don't know who else it would be. I mean... Can I say, like, Jim O'Brien? <laughs> this is the bumbling brains of the operation. Yeah. I'm going I'm going with Furkan Korkmaz <laughs> and Jim O'Brien. Yeah, I don't know who would be... I'm trying to think, like, who would be the... Uh, what was the Pesci character's name? Uh, that's Harry. Harry. Uh, yeah. I feel like J.J. Reddick could be Harry. J.J. Reddick sometimes mm. gets this, like... I think because he's, like, the elder statesman and, like, the dad on the team. He sometimes gets it, like, after a bad turnover or whatever, and they go into timeout, he's, like, going up to Landry Shamit and kind of, like, getting in his ear or, or Embiid or something. I feel like he could be that guy who's... Or the officials. Who's sort of just, like... I, I think him and Markel Fultz. I think Markel Fultz is the, is the Harry... Or is the Marv, oh, rather. Uh, yeah. And J.J. Reddick's just, like, lambasting him the entire time. As they both make the same dumb yeah, mistakes. 
That's better than my Furcon Corkmans and a guy who doesn't work here anymore. No, I like that one better, actually. <laughs> Does Jim O'Brien still work here? I don't know who he still works here. Um, yeah, that was... That's a good question, though. I like that question a lot. Yeah. Um, do you, before we, we have a big one coming up next. Do you want to take another quick break? Let's take a quick break. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. My name is Bill Matz. I am the director of Fun and Games for Broad Street Hockey Radio Podcasts. And I am Kelly the Deputy Managing Editor of BroadStreetHockey.com. I'm Steph Driver, the NHL Editorial Manager for SB Nation. And I am Charlie O'Connor, Lead Flyers Writer for TheAthletic.com. And together we make up BSH Radio, one of the shows that you get at the SB Nation podcast family. We have a lot coming to you this year, and we want you to listen to our show. It is just an all-flyers, all-the-time show, so much content. I really hope you listen to it. It is a great piece of the SB Nation podcast family, along with all your other favorite sports. We all love hockey, specifically the Flyers. Let's go the Flyers. The hockey team of Flyers. All right, so... Uh, this is a big one. We already mentioned his name earlier, but our good friend Patrick Wall asked this actually a really interesting question, uh, which we both kind of, I think we have some shared people. We talked about it beforehand. Uh, what is the best NBA starting five, which we used current players, which I'm pretty sure is how he meant it. Uh, the best NBA starting five you could create out of players whose jersey numbers equal 100 when you add them up. I will say this. My first thought process was if you put Boogie on the Warriors – in their starting five, what does that equal? And it turns out it's 99. Oh. So it's very close. If Boogie were number one, it'd be great. Um, but using that as a starting point, you will see that I did that. Um, adding up to exactly 100. Uh, I didn't do your, your typical classic one through five. I don't actually have a center on my team. But I think it's still good. Uh, I have Steph at number 30. I have Clay number 11. I have Kawhi, number two. LeBron, number 23. And Giannis, number 34, that equals 100. See, I really, I feel like I really messed mine up. I, I didn't see the, you you clearly put a lot of thought into this question. I saw it right before we started recording and tried really hard. Mm-hmm. I probably did what, like, most people would do in the beginning and then didn't didn't think to, like, try to work around that. Um, where I just added, like, the three guys I most wanted and then tried to figure out how I could fit the last two in. Um so my team's very top heavy. It has three guys. I'm, I'm four guys. I'm pretty excited about, and one who I'm not that excited about. So um, I'll go in order of uh, how I pick them. So I started with LeBron James, number twenty-three. Um, added Kevin Durant, uh, just because that seemed most obvious to me to add the two best players in the league. Um, I added Kawhi Leonard, uh, just because his number's two, and I already have twenty-three and thirty-five, and. Uh, I'm needing to average somewhere right around 20 uh, for my jersey numbers. So I wanted to go low for Kawhi Leonard. So I feel really good about those three. And then I was left with 30 um, left over. And that's really hard because nobody wears a number in the nobody wears a number ending in six, seven, eight, nine in the teens. Um, mm-hmm. Really. So that was tough. So I, I ended up, instead of trying to figure out a single digit guy and a guy in the 20s to go with, which is probably how I should have done it. Um, I went with two number 15s. So I went with Kemba Walker and Clint Capella. So my team's Kemba Walker, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Clint Capella, which is still really good, but your team would probably kick my team's ass. Yeah. Uh, can you think of someone not named Markel Fultz? Who wears number 20 in the NBA? Um, 
Gordon Hayward. Okay, because then you can go just like outside of Hayward, just like absolute unicorn lineup and do Giannis, Joel, LeBron, Kawhi, Gordon Hayward. Mm. Yeah, that would work too. I could have, yeah. If my quick math is correct. Yeah, I could have. I was thinking about Embiid, and then I was like, then I need a number nine. Uh, and I was like, I guess that would be Serge Ibaka or something. Or like yeah. Vucevic, maybe. I, I, I did just now see in a response to Patrick's tweet, uh, Anthony uh, Piacentino, uh, I think, beat both of our teams. Uh, Steph, Harden, Kawhi, Giannis, Embiid. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's better than both yeah. of ours. I'm realizing honestly. now. I'm realizing now though that I could have had Kyle Lowry and Anthony Davis instead of Kemba Walker and Clint Capella. So that's that's probably yeah, where I should enough. have gone with that. All right, uh, I have one uh, for next. If you don't have one, uh, yeah, you go ahead. All right, uh, John Winter tweet, friend of the pod. Uh, similar to what we did a little earlier, um, asked. Who gives the best secret Santa gifts on the Sixers, and who gives the worst? Hmm. Um, this is tough. I think Joel gives the best. Okay. Because solely because everyone seems to always want to talk about how great of a duty he is. T.J. McConnell just said in his uh, player streaming feature how he's just a great friend, and he also kind of always says about himself that like, he doesn't spend any money. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he's the kind of guy who would like spend a ton of money on someone and also get them something like really thoughtful that they would really really like. I like that. Yeah. And then for worst, I would just I mean, he he also seems like a very thoughtful guy, but I would probably just say Jimmy Butler cuz he just knows everybody the least because he hasn't been you here. You know what that's long. funny? I was actually Jimmy Butler's my best because mm. I I'm sure he would, yeah. But that was just like by default because he does. He knows everyone on the team the least. What did he get? He the reason he came to mind was he bought everyone a gift when he came to the team, like including like all the chefs. And I remember somebody tweeted that out. He like it wasn't like yeah. these headphones. It was like something cool that he gave, like not only all the players but all the coaches, all the support staff, like everyone on the basketball upside. Uh, like the first week he was there, it was something. It was something pretty cool that yeah. he gave them. So I was like, okay. Um, also, he's like. 29 he has some experience he uh you know i he seems like a guy who would have good taste in gifts and would like know what would actually be useful uh for someone yeah my worst is markel faults um i just like i just think about the way i bought gifts for people when i was 20 and even if i had the money markel yeah. faults has i just like did not have the awareness or the like life experience also, I feel like you would just get people weird stuff that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, like when I was 20, and I still do this now and then when I get somebody something and I don't know them all mm-hmm. that well, it's like you get them something that you like a lot, and you go, oh, well, I like it a lot. I bet you they'll like yeah. it. And it's like you're just buying something that you like, really. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he or he would get like a joke gift, uh, like a gag gift. Mm. When, yeah. when everyone else is giving each other these like super fancy and expensive gifts, yeah. Uh, related to that, again, I think someone else also beat our answers. Uh, Tim Marchin, I think it's pronounced, uh, responded to the John Winter tweet. Said, "Just jumping in to say, Amir gives something reasonable but well thought out and personal. JJ overspends and it's nice, but it's not exactly your taste. 
and TJ gets you something kind of dumb at the last minute that is gag gifty, but he plays it off like, ha, man, doesn't this koozie rule? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, or TJ, or TJ just gets you all those watches that he does those, like, Instagram ads for. Um, okay, uh, Chip Swelly uh, asked, which Sixers are the cool drunk uncle, the wine aunt, mm. and the cousin who only shows up once a year with a different significant other every year? Okay, so, I mean, I know, I don't think he really drinks. I mean, it's it's unclear whether he actually drinks or doesn't, but I think attitude alone, Joel is, like, the cool drunk uncle. Yeah. We're, like, everyone probably, like, you know, everyone loves Joel and he has such a big personality, but, like, I bet you, like, if you were around him all the time, he'd be like, all right, he's kind of on all the time if he was like that. So you're like, all right, you know, once a year is great. Um Amir Johnson, I think, is the uh, the wine ants specifically because, and this is only the only reason, is because uh, I have a friend who is getting like a manicure and pedicure once, and Amir Johnson was in there with his boys sharing a box of wine. Wow, that is like time, the most accurate. That. That, that's amazing. I you love have like that real him. information about him being a wine ant. Yeah, and who? What was the third uh, one? Most likely the cousin that shows up once a year with a different significant other. Hmm. I don't know. That's a hard one. I'm going to jump in because I like your two answers, so I'm not going to go with, I'm not going to change my first two, so I'll just contribute this last one. Uh, I think Ben Simmons is that one. Mm, yeah, maybe. I, I think he's like, I would imagine uh, Ben Simmons, if he were like an extended member of my family, he would not be someone who would keep in great touch and that he would show up with a different significant other every year. So, like so it's like he's Aaron Rodgers, but he, he actually like comes over. Cousin. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. It's like one of those things where, like, you know, and it's not like, and, like, you don't get mad he doesn't go, because, like, yeah, he's obviously very busy, and we're yeah. cousins. He's not that close, so it's fine. But, yeah. No, I feel that. I, I think that's totally good. Um, I'm trying to think. So. There's some other good ones here, but they might just take way too long to answer, and I haven't really thought about them in advance. Um, I will, all right, I'll do one more, and then if you have another okay. one, we can go to that, and then we'll probably wrap this up. Uh... Uh, again, Anthony uh, Piacentino uh, said, should Mike, Muscala, should Mike Muscala be forced to wear an undershirt to hide that Mario uh, tattoo? And I think he should actually cut his jersey around it to show it more. I want to see... So there's that, and then there's like a snake thing, I think, on his right side. I want to see what the full yeah. back tat looks like. He also has this, like, yeah. um, on his upper neck in the middle, what almost looks like Braille... It's like dots that seem to form like braille letters. I, I don't know. It's really, hmm. I'm, I'm really curious about his back tats, but I feel like he's not well known enough. Like there are those websites or just like Instagrams yep. where I, people post like all of uh, J.R. Smith's tattoos. Like I don't think that would mm-hmm. exist for him unless he's posted. It I literally, himself. I literally like two weeks ago, my brother was like, what is the back tattoo or the, the tattoo that's not the, I guess it's the, the one on the front that's not the Mario one. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know. So I Googled Mike Muscala tattoos, and the only pictures are, like, from games of him wearing jerseys. So it's not like Wilson Chandler, where I just literally typed in Wilson Chandler back tattoo and see a picture of his full back juggernaut from X-Men tattoo. That should be on his neck. Yeah, it should. Um, yeah. All right, I'm looking for one more one more question. Um, I don't know if I have a good question. I feel like we kind of expended all the good ones. Um, mm. Well, while you're looking, can we just all acknowledge, doesn't this crackling fireplace that I definitely remembered to put in, hopefully, sound great? 
Sounds fantastic. Uh, very seasonal. I think we need one more. Okay. Should we make we one up? We could make one up. There's, <laughs> there's one that we could do. I don't know if it's the most interesting one to end on. Um, uh, I am Grum asked us, uh, you and four players, doesn't have to be a sixer, go caroling. Who would they be? Oh, four, oh, doesn't have to be a sixer at all. Okay, well then number one's Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Because he can He's actually really sing, so you can come in next to him just like, you can just like lip along next to him, and you don't have to say anything. You can just be like, oh yeah, I'm singing. So he uh, didn't say they have to be NBA players. Can I, can I bring Jordan Maialata from the Eagles, the Sure. Australian yeah, let's do it. Let's get nuts. Has like the best voice I've ever heard. Yeah, so that's two. Um, keeping you know keeping it local then too. Let's let's throw Jason Kelsey in there. Just because he of can spirit. do like the baritone stuff. Oh, I think he'll Just like he'll, he'll like spirit. wear like, like a flyer outfit and kind of like ring a bell and the like. He'll like yeah. really get it. Uh -huh. he'll, like the Barker for it. He'll really get people going. Yeah. like you can do all the good singing. You can do all the good singing you want, but he's the guy who gets you the donations for yeah. the charity. That's what he's there for. So that's that's a good crew. We need one more. Who's like so what what kind of voices do we have? I think I think Oladipo and Mayalata are both like uh I forget what the what they're called. More like middle high range. Sure. Um, we need like a deep like who's got the who's got like a deep baritone that we can we can I got yeah. it. It's Boban. Oh yeah. Yeah, That'd it's Boban. Nice. Yeah, that really round out the uh, the sound. Yeah, he'd dress like a tree. It'd be fantastic. It'd be. Boban. I think we finished this strong. I was worried about that question because I didn't yeah. have anything thought up. But I, I really, I feel good about our uh, Victor Oladipo, Jordan Mailata, Jason Kelsey, Boban Marjanovic, Caroling crew. Yeah, Boban, come on the pod, please. Uh, maybe I'll meet yeah. Boban. I'm going to That's LA uh, for the Clippers Sixers oh game. Couple weeks. If you meet Boban, I swear to God, man, I swear to God, I will find you. I will hunt you down and I will kill you if you meet Boban. And I don't. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Yeah. So that's all we got. Uh. I. You know, we'll probably be back before New Year's with another pod. Can't make any guarantees. It's the holidays. We're both me busy. Um. But also, I want to acknowledge that this was episode eighty-two. So we have a full NBA season of episodes. Oh, that's now. amazing. That's great. That's nice. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. Um, you know, hope everybody has a great holiday, whatever you do. Great New Year's if we're not back by then. Um, yeah, and just thanks so much again for spending time with us, and we will talk to you next time. See ya.